0: This is CrewCast, a podcast about the most infamous band in rock history, Motley fucking Crew. Your resident crew head, Jason, here. Special guest, my, well, family, my cousin, my favorite cousin. I don't know if the other cousins listen, but I don't know what to tell them if they get pissed off about that. You just are. AJ, what's up, my brother? Oh, not much. Uh, glad to be in town. <laughs> Drove about 28 hours to get here. <laughs> Just to do this podcast. Just for this podcast. 28 hours. Uh, looking like Billy Gibbons, man. That beard is kicking. Thanks, brother. <laughs> Appreciate is, it. That is some stuff right there. Put my beard to shame. So, uh, this episode, of course, of Crewcast, we're going to talk about the first time we saw Motley Crew finally happen. Uh, but uh, thanks for listening. Please hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. <clears throat> Share it uh, with the fellow crew head. That's how it continues to grow. And of course uh, follow us on social media crew cast facebook instagram and twitter so first time we saw a motley crew people that listen uh, go back you, you hear the fandom but uh, i mean we were motley fans from the time we were little fuckers
1: yeah thanks to your brother
0: <laughs> yeah which i told the story i did do this story about uh, my cousin nicole bringing shot at the devil and the whole, you know, so people got the background on that, but yeah, I, my big brother was a big influence on that. You
1: know? Yeah. He had the VHS tape that they put out back then. Yeah. Uncensored.
0: Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we were at how, how old do you think we were? We're watching that There's, there's, tits in the, the, the yeah. documentary yeah, that, and
1: in the hot tub in the back of that limo
0: yeah Vince Neil's limo uh how
1: I, old do you think we were i think that was i want to guess it was 84 or so i was like nine so, so if I it was 84 it was nine or ten
0: <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. Looking at big old boobies. <laughs> the, the fucking 80s, man. The shit that uh, like, happened. I mean, it could be worse now, but anyways. Uh, but yeah, we both had a huge Motley Crue fandom growing up, um, but we just never got presented with the opportunity to actually go to con- Like, We never did concerts like in high school and shit.
1: No. Um, I didn't get my first concert until it was my senior year in high school, and it was Aerosmith, of all oh. people. It was cool. Uh, but after that, I didn't see a concert again for years, and then...
0: Yeah, what were you on? Because uh, you were in the Air Force. Were you on leave at that time that we went and saw Motley Crue? I was.
1: I was on my, I was on uh, leave en route to move to Italy.
0: Oh, that's right. That was before you went to Italy. So you came back. It was you, um, me, or me, obviously, duh, uh, <laughs> and my best friend in Motley Crue was touring, and we ended up seeing him at the Celand Arena in Fresno
1: yep um, wow. but side note for me I don't know if you remember this I saw them that same year or within the same 12 months I don't remember what year it was Yeah, when I was still stationed up at Travis uh, we went to a little tiny venue up out in Napa Valley when uh, Tommy Lee wasn't the drummer right so I saw him once without the drummer and once uh, without Tommy Lee and once with Tommy Lee
0: was that after we went
1: no before
0: it was before yeah okay i thought we saw it together for the first time i'm sorry to break, no. burst that bubble All these years that i've had this <laughs> oh, story <no. laughs> in my head we saw them both together for the first time but uh yeah it was uh yeah because tommy left after no because when we saw him he wasn't there because it was nope. randy castillo huh yep
1: and yeah. uh uh mick mars had to do the uh Piano intro for Home Sweet Home on the acoustic, and we'll get to that in a little bit.
0: Yeah. Uh, So anyways, uh, uh, yeah, I'm probably 20, 21. I'm probably just 21 at that time, I'm thinking. Oh, man. I don't know. It was 1999. How old were you? How old was I? (laughs) Yeah. Well, 18. Yeah, 21. So I was just turned 21. So we hot-tailed. It was about, what, a three-hour drive for us to get there, something like that. It's the crew you drive for. It's like we're finally going to get to see him, you know. Uh, well, I know it was my best friend, his first time seeing them as well. But uh, we did a classic, like, when you could tailgate. So we got there really early and yep. cracked some beers and stuff. And, uh, you know, when I drank, obviously, many moons ago. Um, what was, There was some crazy shit that happened in the parking lot alone. I don't remember if it was people drunk or if there was some...
1: <laughs> that... You asked me if I remember that. I remember you telling me about like I, I end up. I, I remember. Okay, I remember parts of it now. I okay. just brought that up. Thank you. So, you know, I I was chugging the beers, and then somehow I end up going to find someone else's little van party, and I started partying with them and <laughs> taking like, shots with them.
0: That's right. That's right, because I remember some crazy chicks, too, just like, well, what are you guys doing afterwards? <laughs> it's like, uh, Going home? Yeah, I think we're going to fucking go home. Who opened for is with the Scorpions, right?
1: Yes, the Scorpions yeah. opened for them. That was my first time seeing them.
0: Yeah. Okay, so it was a first. But, uh, yeah, so we get there, get in the arena. My recollection, you know, grab another beer, whatever, get to our seats. Scorpions put on a rocking show. They're just badass.
1: Yeah, though i was floored how well his voice is
0: oh yeah klaus up there all right california here we go (laughs) but uh yeah so they put on a great set um i would have to say my favorite song that night from them was the zoo but that's still one of my favorite scorpion songs
1: don't remember it don't remember it (laughs) i remember a lot of the show but there's bits and pieces that just ain't there
0: Oh yeah, well this was fucking you know if you do the math this was twenty three years ago yeah.
1: almost because uh, I I it was in June I believe so it's almost twenty three years exactly because I yeah. got to I got to Italy in June so it's okay.
0: almost exactly right now then maybe I wasn't quite twenty one yet if it was in June yeah but the funny part is so we get to our seats and, you know uh, the, the scorpions do their thing but it's uh, I don't remember the order I want to say that uh, my best friend was to my right I was in the middle you were to my left and to the left of you there was a mom and two younger boys they were That's probably right. about like 10 to 12 I remember that <laughs> right
1: I wouldn't remember it if you didn't bring it up though
0: yeah, so they we were having a good time, you know. We weren't shit housed or anything, but we, you know, a little lubricated. We're yeah. singing along, having a good time. My
1: drunkenness was coming down at that point. <laughs> I remember, I remember the whole uh, whole Motley Crew, not all of Scorpions. But I remember all of Motley Crew. All right,
0: uh, but we're having a good time, and she's kind of sitting there quietly. Her boys seem to have fun. Of course, Motley hits the stage. Uh, I think they opened with "Shout at the Devil," if I remember correctly. I don't recall because I think they played in the beginning and then went into Shout at the Devil. That's. Uh, I, I want to say yes. Yeah, because i as uh, I recall, you know, Randy was at his drum set. Mick came out first, then Nikki with the. When they do the beginning part of yeah. Shout at the Devil, then Vince came running out and he, shout at the Devil. And then we're just like, oh, it's fucking on. Let's go. Motley Crue. So we're singing along at the top of our lungs, and you can tell that the mom, the boys are having a good time. I, I believe maybe the older one was maybe close to 14. Uh, the other the other boy had to be between t- 10 and 12. And, uh, you know, we're having a good time, and she kind of seemed a little like, uh. Eh. And as I recall, there was open seats, so they moved like one space over from us. That's all they could do. But this wasn't the peak of the amusement of them next to us. Because if you remember, at that time, Motley Crue had the stripper girls. Yeah, the da- the dancers.
1: Kind of, it's coming back. It's coming back.
0: Okay, so they're out dancing. They're doing different stuff. Pretty pro- provocative, but <laughs> Didn't in- they pull out some toys <laughs> and yeah. whatnot. Yeah, they pulled out some sex toys. And uh, one of them put on a strap-on dildo, put whipped cream on it, and the other one is blowing the whipped cream off of the strap-on dildo, and the mom starts covering her <laughs> kid's fucking eyes, and the boys are, like, trying to peek around and check it out. And I remember turning to uh, to my best friend and going, we're at Motley Crew. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, what the fuck, man? I'm
1: so glad you have this memory, because you're bringing it, like, I'm able to start watching it again, because yeah. half the stuff I'd forgotten about, you know, just kind of moved on in life, and... I remember bits and pieces, but I never had such a recollection like you are, and it's coming back. Cool.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, I ended up seeing him. I, mean, I think that uh, I saw him two more times on that tour. Hmm. Um, had to have been two, uh, uh, one or two more times. Wow. Because I know I saw him with Randy Castillo three times, saw him with uh, Samantha Maloney three times. Jeez. And then, you know, I don't know how many times after Red White and Clu- Crew and uh uh, Tommy came back because I saw him on that first show of Red White and Crew when they came back in Vegas that's uh, if people go to like the Instagram Facebook and Twitter there's a picture of me with a bunch of blurred out people sitting with uh, uh, Mick uh, Vince then Tommy uh, that was in Vegas that was that when I was still in radio and um yeah i i pestered the label like fucking crazy the management just to like they're like look okay we'll set you up with tickets and a meet and greet stop stop calling and emailing <laughs> go go to the show have a good time uh which is ironically is alan kovac who you know headed of the label now that they're on it nikki six was part of and everything else but he he was great um but yeah, so you know, I just remember that and I don't remember what song it was. I want to say it was same old situation, but I could be wrong that they did that in where the the uh, two dancing gals the ones and because remember she also bent her over like ripped off something so she was in a thong and simulated fucker from behind yeah. so it was like <laughs> the poor kids yeah. <laughs> the mom's like you're not supposed to see this to get older right yeah the mom's been trying to hide the reality of that this goes on but yeah <laughs> it's like this is what it is and you're at motley crew but I just remember it, we had such a good time. was a cool, you know, they had kind of more of a minimal stage set up at that time. Still some pyro and and everything. But, uh, yeah, I was just like, finally, got to see Motley Crue, this yeah. band. You know, it took, you know, you figure I was six to... 2021 you 15 know, years good 15 years <laughs> to finally see him and hear it is and it didn't disappoint no you know, it was badass I mean I remember we were kind of like everybody we were all bummed when we found out uh, Tommy Lee left the band of course you know it was like what the fuck really yeah. but Randy Castillo was such a great drummer yes
1: he was he he, he held up his end yeah very well yeah he held I and mean, he played with a lot of good people
0: oh yeah I mean well, fuck uh, you know how many Ozzy albums and tours and shit yeah. like that that was such a sad thing when when he got cancer and passed you know i was I, quick too if i remember right yeah because i remember it they did um a new tattoo the new tattoo album that he drummed on which was a cool album and then um you know it's like randy's not going to join us for the tour not feeling well and samantha maloney from hole jumped in and it's like okay cool man a, a chick on uh, hit on the kit for motley Crue. how yeah, fucking I, motley Crue is that right and then it was like he was gone you just like yeah. shit man It went south real fast. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so let's. uh, I do want to bring it up because uh, people. I've talked about my my least favorite to most favorite Motley Crue albums, and I put the uh, Motley Crue Motley Crue album with John Karabi at eight. It's not my least favorite album, but I put it there simply because of you know no vince neal is it really motley Crue? and i've talked on the the podcast about it took me a long time to come around to it well i'm talking to the person that got me to come around to it because mm. you may not remember you're like dude like just listen to the album like stop thinking it's motley crew listen to it it's a fucking just, brilliant a album band. yeah yeah as a right and i'm like motherfucker you're right this is such a <laughs> good album as far as musically is like you know it blew me away once i got out of my mind but it took me like eight years well, i'm
1: glad you finally did
0: it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh i bring i put it on all the time now you know the kids dig it because they didn't even know it was quote unquote motley crew and they and uh, my daughter really liked john carabi's voice and you know uh hooligans holiday was her favorite my favorite on the album that's too. a good one yeah and uh, really like "Kiss the Sky" and some other stuff, but yeah, you—I have to attribute you to getting me to think differently about that album, to even liking it, because I was like, "Fuck no, <laughs> it's not Vince Neil. I'm not listening to it."
1: See, and, I, and I'm on the opposite. And I, I really enjoyed the fact they 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 tried something different. You know, Crosby brought a whole different flavor and said, "Let's do something different." And I kind of wish a lot of the crew fans would have like like held on like early. Like, accepted a little bit better because it it was really a really neat project they did yeah and and sad that they probably gets shit on so much yeah in my personal opinion
0: yeah he i I think it did just because you know we got what we were used to with motley crew and i mean really because you know i've talked about it um people can go back in those episodes when i do talk about dr feelgood and um i talk about you know my brother and myself being you lived with our grandparents at the time and the first time we saw dr feelgood the video headbangers ball we're all piled <laughs> into the living room like what the fuck dude like this is gonna be the new motley Crue album holy shit right? yeah <laughs> you know <clears throat> do you remember that <clears throat> no no i met. Well, you know i
1: my bedroom was the living room so i stayed up a lot watching headbangers ball and watching mtv so much at night when gran- my grandma and grandpa go to bed so right all that mtv
0: back then is all blurred together <laughs> uh but yeah so a lot of my motley crew fandom for people the recurring listeners comes not only from my brother but then our i mean we grew up like brothers lived together at one point and everything yep. else so a lot of that you know intertwined to uh, to it all and and really i think uh <laughs> You know, that I I had made some notes, and thinking about that, I was like, yeah, my cousin really influenced me. Like, oh, oh, no, that's a cool album. And really, it got me back on board, because I liked Generation Swine when Vince came back, but it was, as I talked about that album, you know, um, it was produced by a guy, Scott Humphreys, who did a lot of Rob Zombie stuff. And it had that electronic feel, but when they did that, a lot of mick was eliminated you know there wasn't a lot of leads and solo you know it just it had a different feel to it too which i think is cool when bands do i like different stuff give me different vibes and things yeah but, experiment yeah Try but some, it, something new yeah but it kind of took me out of that motley crew fandom until I, you know i like i mean i was always a fan still listening but you know it kind of kicked me back into it and when we finally went and saw him it was like all right that vibe that that cool feeling it's a little bit dangerous but but edgy and I you know it, it can escape through this a little bit you know that uh Going to that show really got me back into it, you know, and it was a cool thing for me. So I, I didn't I didn't think of a better thing while we were out on this uh sort of family reunion type of thing right now than to be like, Hey, you're gonna come do a podcast with me. So Yeah,
1: I was kinda of surprised. I was like you're like, Hey, I got i got surprised for you and I was like, All right, well let's go see what happens. So uh you had time to sit down and take notes and remember some things. Uh I didn't, so I'm I'm shooting from the hip over here. Uh uh, for those that might have been at the show that are listening, I, I wonder if you remember a couple things that I remember.
0: Yeah, I, so I, I'd be you, curious. You
1: remember because we were sitting off to the side of the stage, right? So we can kind of see backstage and see some of the uh, uh, what's going on, the inner workings of back there. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when Nikki Sixx was having a bad moment, went back there and threw the mic stand? Oh, yeah. Uh, he got all pissed off at something. Uh, I, I didn't see what had happened. I was watching something else, and he walks off to the side of the stage, and that mic stand went flying at the roadies.
0: I remember what it what it what what I think it was. So at the time for that tour, you can go back, because there was actually a VH1 special they did for that tour with, with Randy and everything else. It might huh. be on YouTube. If I can find it, I'll put a link in the podcast description. Um, but he was playing this bass at the time. It was actually an eight-string bass, and he had the tuning pegs taken out, so it was only a four. I think he recorded with it or did some different stuff. Who knows? Hmm. Whatever experimented, but there was something about it when he when they gave him that bass again because he's going between Thunderbirds that bass and I want to say some sort of Fender bass. I don't I don't recollect all of his gear at that time, and um, that bass sounded like shit. I think it was for Wild Side. Because you know he's got that real chug in there that mm-hmm. he's really peddling those sixteenth notes, you know, just and and it sounded like shit. And if I remember, it was something with that where it, sounded, it wasn't coming through right. Yeah, it wasn't coming through right or cutting out or something. And uh, you know, he's uh, people have said he can be difficult, but he's such a perfectionist about it. Like he wants shows to be fucking awesome and sound great. Well, it's and, supposed to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, I, if I remember correctly, that's why it okay. was. Uh, but I don't recall offhand. All right. then there's one
1: other one that I remember. Uh, they're they're uh, getting ready to do Home Sweet Home. And obviously, uh, Tommy wasn't there. So Mick went to play it with the acoustic. Right. And uh, he starts playing it. He backs up, starts playing it. And everybody gets all excited. And it sounds perfect to us. But evidently, he couldn't hear shit. Oh, right. So you remember, he, he stopped playing. And he kind of, I, I think he might have looked off to the side or something, and he starts playing it again, and he starts over and all of a sudden, he walks up to the mic and can I get a fucking monitor out here?
0: <laughs> oh, that's right.
1: I was like, damn. He I was like, man, they're having a little rough rough go on this show with the roadies
0: right now. <laughs> they're not too happy. There's been something with them for sound issues at shows, because I and I believe I talked about it on the podcast. <laughs> I went to a, a festival called Weenie Roast put on by K-Rock LA, and they were the headliners. It was when they came back for the Red, White, and Crew album, And just before them was the Foo Fighters, who fucking killed it. I mean, just phenomenal. Phenomenal. So here it is. It's I forget what the outdoor venue is in L.A. It's one of the sheds, you know. uh, Reminiscent of like a a Shoreline Amphitheater or Red Rock. Is it the Hollywood Bowl? No. No. no, It's further down. I want to say it's where... um, coachella is i think that's in indio if i remember correctly that's where it is i want to say it's that same amphitheater um i'd have to look it up but uh the uh so the crew comes out first song sounds really good uh second song like Nikki's bass way overdriven and then the drums or something and of course another one of those you know record label contact kind of things and um there's this guy that's there, and and he goes, "Yeah, dude, they got a, a new sound guy." Um, and, and I'm like, "Yeah, it sounds like shit. It, it's probably not gonna be. It's probably gonna be his only night." What year was this? Do you remember? Red Right and Crew was two thousand two, two thousand one. I'd have to look it up. I was just quick.
1: curious because I got a side story. Uh, after you're done, uh, go for it. All right, while you're looking up. that up, so. I told you I saw them before in the Napa Valley. Yeah, yeah. Um, Well, I was dating, you know, I was active duty. I was dating a girl that (laughs) was active duty. No. Anyway, she was Army. I want to say she was active. It doesn't matter. I was dating this girl that was in the military, and um, her ex-boyfriend was, and I want to say he was a sound guy for Motley Crue, and that's how I got into that show in Napa Valley. Yeah, she she's like, hey, my my, my ex boyfriend, he'll get a sandwich. Got to go up there and you know I'll tell one of the guys. Anyways, we got in there and uh, so I actually was sitting in the, the sound booth partying and feeding him beer the whole time <laughs> and by myself beer. <laughs> uh and I actually end up partying in the roadie bus with them
0: oh right on
1: yeah part with the roadies after that show
0: i'll be damned that's fucking funny you've never told me that so 2005 uh okay but yeah that's so they're they're, they're playing this show foo fighters just killed it the place is loud they're having the fucking sound issues um tommy gets pissed off uh chucks his cowbell and it skids across the stage bounces goes up and somebody ends up with it and Vince Neil goes the ultimate <laughs> he goes the, the ultimate souvenir cowbell courtesy of Tommy Lee and it's like the only person that was calm about it was Vince uh, he was just like you know he's like ah oh, just we're going to have to fucking do it we do yeah you. You
1: gotta... Yeah, just roll through with it and yeah. play it off and go for it.
0: So you know they pushed through and did um, they did like <laughs> if I die tomorrow, of course, off the album because they only had sixty minutes as a festival and and uh, but I it was it sucked because here's all these people excited. Foo Fighters killed it, great show. I mean, so many good bands were on there. I want to say Thirty Seconds to Mars, the Jared Leto band was on the bill. Um, that, was, that
1: was right when they, they made it big then, yeah.
0: Yeah, it was a, it's a total variety of bands and some really cool stuff. Ironically, I was with an ex-girlfriend at that time. Uh, nothing happened, though, <laughs> I swear. Um, and uh, But the sound was bad, and then like people just started to leave, and I was like, oh. Oh, no. This so sucks. So return to K-Rock, L.A., the Sunset Strip Band, and they fucking sound like shit not because they sound like shit because the sound yeah. guy is fucking it up and well maybe maybe uh some other guy like me was
1: feeding him beer the whole time and he wasn't able to pay attention with how it <laughs> sounded there you don't even
0: remember it was you you <laughs> prick cocksucker
1: sorry my bad
0: <laughs> was that the only time we saw the crew together didn't we see him one more time together that's the last time i saw him i I believe it's the last time I saw him. That was the last time you saw him? I mm-hmm. thought maybe we saw him one more time together. Uh, you know, I know I went to a lot of shows. I remember the vast majority of them. Rem- vast majority, I think. <laughs> I don't know. I've definitely gone back through my tickets because I I have I think like eighteen or nineteen ticket stubs from shows, but I know I saw them more than that. Wow. So yeah. Now I'm looking forward to they got the uh, the tour with Def Leppard, uh, Joan Jett and Poison. So we've got. Um, That'd, That'd be, be a cool show, uh, a yeah. real cool show. Yeah, we're going to go see them in, in in San Francisco, so that'll be cool in a stadium to finally be like, all right, in a fucking stadium, let's go. And I think they're headlining that night because they're rotating with Def Leppard, so I believe they are headlining that night. Either cool. way, it'll it, be cool. Either way, I mean, I'm
1: sure it's going to be the same set in the same amount of time and just who ends, who ends <laughs> who's the last one on stage, really.
0: Exactly uh you don't think you can con the missus into because you live all the way you know way back east you don't think you can con the missus to go into one of the shows maybe back there but to come out here oh no no i'm not gonna ask you (laughs) like um (laughs) i mean i do have an extra pair of tickets but i'm like i wouldn't do that as much as i haven't seen your wife in forever who's just amazing but
1: uh Uh, i yeah i know i could i just have to get tickets to it um if they go to the little rock cause I've, uh, I've seen poison yeah. poison's really cool life. Yeah. They were black. They're fun. But I haven't, I've never seen Joan Jett and I've She's, never seen Def Leppard.
0: Def Leppard is I love Def Leppard. still mm-hmm. phenomenal. Live Joan Jett kicks ass. I actually met her. She did a, uh, one of the fairs where we live and she did. We got like just a few seconds and she is just, there's certain people that just like how their presence is and they carry themselves, uh, Joan Jett just had it. You were just like, fuck, I get it, you know? That's awesome. Like, uh, you know, I've gone to a couple shows. Like, the first time that I saw, finally saw Scott Weiland, I never got to see STP, the original members, live, but I saw him with Velvet Revolver. And I wasn't huge on STP. I liked them, but I wasn't, like, really, really big on them. But I dug Velvet Revolver and uh, then saw it, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I get it now. I totally get it. Like, he was just one of those people, you know? So it was uh, it was a trip. Like, Motley Crue, for me, live, it's it's those four guys, you know? They, yeah. It's just, like, all of them. It's like, fuck, okay. You know, You, you if you're not a fan or you kind of dig a couple of tombs, and then you go and you just get the vibe of what those four, you know? It's the, what is the saying? The sum of the parts is greater than the whole or the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. I always fuck that hey, saying up. I think everybody gets what you're saying because I,
1: yeah. I, I get it and I don't remember exactly how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> so so I know what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, like- All of
0: them together. Just, yeah.
1: They, it's like Vince by uh, by himself is, I imagine it's not quite the same as him with all those other three guys yeah. on the stage with them. Yeah. You know, they, they just, they, they they work together so well.
0: Yeah. Like I saw, Um, I've seen Nicky in two different other bands, 6AM and then when he's in Brides of Destruction, of course, McMars Hopefully that long-awaited solo album comes out because I just want to, like, hear... The the dude can fucking rip. And he's... Although he can play fast and he can shred, but just he... For me, he's... And I even got to tell him this when I met him in Vegas that he was my Jeff Beck. Like, for me, my taste, he plays the right notes in the right place for the right song at the right time, you know? And uh, I saw Tommy... Did I see methods of mayhem, or when he was by himself? I'm trying to remember. I think it was by himself, um, and all you know, all great performers. But yeah, when that collective comes together, there's just something fucking magical that's frenetic and it's there. So like I'm jacked on Mountain Dew. I get still just as excited as I did the first time we went, you know, just and now I'm sober. So it'll be a different experience. So, like out of all the concerts that I've been shithoused at and for, forget Motley Crue is one of those that I never got, you know, to the point of, oh, I forgot about that one. So, <laughs> yeah. Ironically, right? yeah right you, you would think you know yeah the band that you know is uh partying and i it, and you know it's a interesting thing too now to have you know sought the uh, sobriety and the guy that was such a big like influence as a kid nikki six and then now sober too it's like it, that that influence of what he is now gets to be something different so that was kind of a cool thing for me so you know it's like that parallel of life and something that you were passionate about when you were a kid is still there for for a reason you know so it's pretty cool i'm looking forward to it better uh anything else maestro
1: not that i can think of i mean I, uh some of the things that popped in my head i shared
0: you got uh, any other uh yeah cause that's the only time we've seen him, so mm-hmm. you don't have well, any other memories
1: uh, besides the one where i uh saw him in napa valley also
0: yeah And I'm amazed you don't remember that. My brother drove he and I to our grandparents' house just so we could watch Headbangers Ball and stay the night with you that night.
1: No, I'm sorry, man. I, I didn't remember. I, yeah, I, well, you know, I was like, "Oh shit, here they come again." <laughs> I gotta entertain them. Now I, I just want to sit here and play with myself and watch <laughs> a banger's Ball, and right.
0: I, I can't. <laughs> I just want to whack my nuts around and watch this video. But uh, oh, that's funny shit, man. Do you have any other like? Well, because my brother, I don't know if I've talked about this. You know, a drummer um yeah tommy lee was one of his big influences and he had the the drum room the the my dad gave him where his band practice was and all the playboy pictures up and he yeah. had the big fucking hair and the he looked just like oh he did he could have leather it, jacket yeah if he was taller he could have played him because he had the like the same kind of tommy lee hair remember he had leather pants that my my grandma um my uh paternal grandma made him that laced up the sides i remember the pants i didn't
1: realize that she made them that's well, actually, I kind of do remember that. Yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember. yeah. I knew. Yeah,
0: so he went out gigging, and here he is in leather pants and no <laughs> shirt, the big fucking hair, and, you know, it was, uh, yeah, I remember sitting there all the time just like, hey, guys, cover another Motley song. And I, if I remember, they did Looks That Kill, and I think I think it was Wild Side because if, if I remember Girls, 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 yeah, it was definitely out because Girls dropped in 85, I think that's right 85 because they had an album every two years so yeah so it was 85 so yeah they were already jamming out to all that <laughs> shit so i just sit there hell yeah right on you know a little, <laughs> little kid, kid going, down there <laughs> going fucking deaf looking at all the tits on the wall and everything else oh hey that love for motley crew and, and all of rock and roll right all yep. right well you got nothing else nothing i can think of right now no sir all right fine then i am I'm sorry. The South made you polite living in the South because I'm calling you a prick cocksucker and you're like, no, sir. <laughs> well, I'd say the South and the military, a little bit of both. This is true. This is true. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Please hit that subscribe button. Share with uh, with a fellow crew head. And don't forget, if you are listening on Spotify, I got a question up there. You can answer it. Talk. I'll talk about it on the next episode, all you guys' responses. Or just send that direct message on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, where it is simply Crewcast. And the link is in the podcast description. Uh, And, uh, hey, as I always say, crew heads are best. Fuck the rest.